and welcome back. Welcome to episode number nine of Spandex Planet, which means we're almost in the double digits, which means season one is almost completed. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean much of anything, except I just felt like I want to do it in seasons. Uh, I'm going to put this out as a collective. I think we'll call season one the trial season, uh, just kind of getting used to all this shit, uh, figuring out how to how to do this thing. Um, and today, well, not today, but recently there was some big news. I touched on it a little bit uh, on one of the previous episodes. Um, AEW has an official TV deal with TNT. Uh, it's super weird, man. Like, I was watching... Um, Cody Rhodes put out a video on his YouTube uh, channel talking about, you know, just saying thank you and, and talking about the deal. And it's it's the parallels to WCW. Um, and I think this is one of those, like, ret- it, it almost feels retro, even though it's new. I think it's the graphic with the AEW logo with, like, the flames behind it, reminiscent of Nitro. It's a lot... It's just, I don't know, I feel, it's. I mean, it's awesome, it's fantastic that we're finally going to have some competition, and I think people were uh, talking about how terrible WWE was, and how AEW um, is just the king of everything, and they, hopefully they put WWE out of business, and a bunch of dumb shit like that, and Lance Storm really put out the best tweet, and he said something to the effect of like, if you want either of those companies to fail, you're an idiot. Like you should want them both to flourish. And that's the truth. Competition makes everything better. Um, and I think that it will, um, hopefully. And if it doesn't, I think, you know, ratings will, will show that we live in a crazy time right now. WWE hasn't had legitimate competition in years. You know, you can't really count TNA or impact because, it was never truly competition. It was like the B company, but it was a distant B. I, AEW with the money behind it, the talent, the fan base, I, you know, this is going to be on its way to getting even casual viewers, um, especially if it's on TNT. Like, that's crazy, man. Um, so super exciting time for, for wrestling fans, and I think that this company is obviously going to do great things. There's a lot of passion and uh, love behind it, and that's really the most important thing. Um, and I think it couldn't have come at a better time. Um, if, if I was a look into it type of conspiracy theorist, like my boy Eddie Bravo, if you're a fan of 10th Planet Jiu Jitsu, uh, or Joe Rogan, or Fighter and the Kid, or Theo Vaughn, or any of those guys, you'll know of uh, Eddie Bravo or Edgy Bra, and uh. He's a conspiracy theorist, and that's what the joke is. But um, with how bizarre WWE has been, uh, especially the man, the weekly shows have just kind of been all over the place and not made a lot of sense and just crazy low ratings. One would almost think that WWE has something to do with AEW, um, and AEW is going to come out looking like the good guy in this. But just a crazy conspiracy theory. Nothing no validity to it, and I think most people would think that that's a dumb accusation, and it's not even an accusation, it's just a thought. I don't know, man. Um, aside from that, it's just an exciting time. Double or Nothing's going to be really cool. I, uh, on Xbox Podcast, he talked about CM Punk coming in, and I wouldn't be surprised. Um, his MMA career was a, a failure, and actually, I kind of want to talk about that for a minute. So, CM Punk as an indie wrestler was arguably, and I don't even, I wouldn't even say arguably, like right now, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, all the, pretty much all the guys in AEW are huge indie guys, but I still don't think they quite got to the level of a Brian Danielson, and I don't even think Brian Danielson was on, or Daniel Bryan was on the same wavelength as a CM Punk, CM Punk, Samoa Joe, those, they kind of transcended indie wrestling, um, CM Punk especially, and he was just the biggest, the hottest thing ever, uh, and uh, signing signing to WWE, I thought he was awesome, he kind of, that's kind of what I looked like around that time, 
uh, when he when he made his debut in WWE CW, uh, I had the like pretty much the same haircut and had same type of style, and uh, so I was super into him and he was an indie guy, so loved it. And then just you know huge CM Punk fan uh, as as most of us were. Honestly, um, my favorite stuff of his in WWE was the Straight Edge Society stuff. Uh, past that, I, when he actually got huge and was like the guy for a minute, I I kind of lost interest in him, which is weird. I'm sort of that type of person. Very hipstery in my mindset, and I don't know why, but still enjoyed him, but he just wasn't my favorite past that point, honestly. Um, and uh, his WWE career was obviously fantastic, and then he had the falling out, and it was just not... Not a good thing. Um, and, you know, falling out with Colt Cabana, who was previously his best friend. And he's been through some weird stuff in wrestling. And um, he, they always build him as, like, a jujitsu guy, which is hilarious. If you go back and watch some of his old stuff, especially, like, 2007, 2008, they talked about his jujitsu background as he's, like, throwing kicks. And it just, like, it doesn't make any sense. But they kind of build him as that, like, Muay Thai jujitsu type guy. And in, in reality little to no training whatsoever. Um, and that was fairly evident once he started fighting. Um, but you could tell, obviously, he was interested. And I think once his WWE career ended, very successful um, run in the Fed. And uh, he, you know, starts training in MMA at legit gyms training with, like, real fighters. Duke Rufus, um, you know, Google him, trained some real... Um, elite level fighters. Uh, I know he had trained with Ben Askren and, uh, Pettis and, and all those guys and, you know, getting real training done and he trained for two years and, or, or around two years. And I think that training for two years seems like a long time. And it, for an average person, you would probably be okay. But for someone who goes into the UFC, which is the highest level mixed martial arts organization and fights anyone, regardless of who they are, um, it's just simply not enough, especially if you don't have a background. And he's in his late 30s, early 40s or whatever. Like, I'm not going to Google it. I That's the age range. It's just like I knew it was a recipe for disaster. And I know you. it was great marketing from UFC. And they had, obviously, a lot of success with Lesnar. But the thing about Lesnar is, first off, he's a gigantic human being. So even if he didn't have certain skills he was so big and strong he could really get by with wrestling and on the subject of wrestling he was a legitimate amateur wrestler with a collegiate background and cm punk is not he was a his background is backyard wrestling and that's that's it um so people were right to be upset about it um i guess i mean i wasn't upset about it but it i get why mma like purist type fans would have an issue with it um but it's marketing, it's entertainment, regardless of it being real fighting, quote unquote. Uh, it's still entertainment, and a lot of the model is based off of WWE's model, and so it didn't. I mean, didn't surprise me at all. Um, and he had a name, so it made sense that he'd be able to get into it. And there was always like rumblings of you know CM Punk making run-ins at indie shows for his friends on his friend shows Silas Young was the most recent one uh wearing a mask whether that's true or not I don't know I frankly don't care I wouldn't be surprised I mean dude has been in professional wrestling his whole life and you know I don't think that that's something you just stop and don't do forever and regardless of like a no compete or whatever he had it makes total sense um that, that that would happen, and that just happened recently, which really sparks um, people thinking he's going to make an appearance in AEW, and I think his UFC career is effectively over. I would hope so. He walked in, lost a ton of weight, um, looked in amazing shape. Um, training videos weren't great, but it was one of those things where they're like, hey, that's training, and Let's see what he really looks like. Goes in there against Mickey Gall, who's a no-name in a sense, um, but who is a legitimate professional fighter, has fought, has wins, has fought legitimate guys. And I think even on top of 
what CM Punk did in re- professional wrestling, which is obviously amazing. He is not a natural athlete. Um, he is not athletic whatsoever. Um, and obviously he worked hard to appear somewhat athletic, but even in WWE, some of the stuff he did look terrible. His macho man elbow drop was awful. Um, he used to do a really shitty moonsault and he did other, his kicks looked terrible. Like it's just, you know, he was not athletic, um, but he had a great persona. Anyway, so he gets in there, and the first thing he does is charge a guy with a jiu-jitsu background, gets taken down, mounted, you know, a little bit of ground and pound, hit probably four or five times, and then rear naked choke and taps. Um, Pretty much what I would have expected. I know there was people, wrestling fans and non-wrestling fans, who were like, oh, I think, you know, he's going to go in there and... Even if he loses, he'll put on a good fight, and I think that he's tough. And honestly, I, I wouldn't say that he's not tough, but he definitely comes off as someone to me that lacks heart in a lot of ways. <laughs> uh, I think he is not a great athlete. Again, so two years of training against a legit fighter is not going to give you anything. Um so that pretty much went how I assumed, and then they announced another fight, which I was surprised, but hey, you know, maybe that one was a fluke. You know, it went pretty quick. Maybe he just got caught, um, you know. They put him up against another gentleman, Mike Jackson, who is not impressive whatsoever, and it definitely looks like, hey, they want to give CM Punk an actual shot, which honestly means he shouldn't even be in the UFC, <laughs> but whatever. Um, he goes out. Grows out his hair a little bit um, and has what was effectively one of the worst fights I've ever seen. Um, He looked unathletic, like I keep saying. Um, He looked like he didn't know how to throw a punch. He looked like he didn't know how to throw a kick. Um, He attempted some very, like, just horrendous jujitsu, like a standing triangle where he, I mean, I mean, a standing uh, guillotine. I mean, it was. It was awful. Like, it was really one of the worst fights. And Mike Jackson toyed with him, didn't finish him. It went all three, and it was just awful. Um, And even Dana White gave Mike Jackson shit. It was like, why didn't you finish? Like, you should have been able to finish him. And Mike Jackson, you know, whatever. Different. That should be on a different type of podcast. But that, to me, should mean that his UFC career is effectively over. He cannot fight. I mean, maybe an average person, he would do well. But I think even an average person with any sort of athletic background, whether it's fighting or not, would probably still uh, fuck him up a little bit. Um, You know, I don't know. He's just not a natural, and uh, it just doesn't seem like it's in the cards for him. However, something he is good at is professional wrestling, and um, I think it would make sense for him to make some sort of a comeback. He's getting a little older. I could see him, you know, with the lawsuit and everything, I, I don't foresee him coming to WWE um, ever again, even though there's a rumor at least once a month about it. Um, but I, I do think that um, he could be in AEW. I, I don't see why not. Um, and that would be pretty crazy. That would give it some more credibility. I think Jericho being there is, is amazing. And Kenny Omega... Um, I think that's obviously going to be their flagship guy, but imagine a CM Punk coming in. I think that would do nothing but but wonders. And everyone that's asking for releases and getting released from WWE, I'm sure will show up there in some fashion as well. Um, so just exciting times. I'm pumped about it, and I think it's going to be a good thing. Um, and just excited for it to to take effect. Now let's move on to the story time portion, which is what I say every week. That's the point of this. Uh, I'm drinking a Key Lime LaCroix. <clears throat> I don't know if anyone listening drinks LaCroix. Um, it's basically sparkling water, and they have a new uh, Key Lime flavor, which is pretty good. Uh, I was always a huge diet soda person, but my natural body type is an endomorph. Uh, so I am natural. I, I have a tendency to put on fat and store fat. Um, and to me, I, I f- the, I just, I feel like even though diet soda is no sugar, all the, the talk about, um, 
how your body doesn't know what to do with artificial sweeteners and things like that, there may be some credibility because I have a really hard time losing weight while I'm drinking diet soda. And it could be because it makes me hungrier and I eat more and I don't know. But on a even on the not losing weight side of things, uh, sugar alcohols and artificial sweeteners really hurt my stomach. Um, I have a really sensitive stomach. I'm a huge pussy. And uh, the artificial sweetener thing does not make me feel good. Um, so I uh, don't do it. I try not to do it. If I do, honestly, like I'll just have a regular Coke or Pepsi or whatever, and I'll just limit it and, you know. I think LaCroix really fills that uh, carbonation void and it's water and there's no artificial sweeteners or calories or sodium or anything. So not that sodium is bad, but things tend to have a lot of sodium in it. Um, so yeah, I think LaCroix, there's my plug for LaCroix. So wonderful product. Um, let's see. So I want to talk about a time... When uh, Mikey and I, so I guess let me set the stage. So Zach had stopped wrestling. Um, This was even before he was really managing us. This was before our pride PPW thing. Um, Zach had just had too many experiences where guys were just, he was, he's a smaller person and people just took advantage of it. And I don't blame him, dude. They're fucking assholes. And he just, didn't think it was fun anymore, and so he kind of steered clear for a while, and that was around this time. Um, Mikey and I stuck with it, and you know we were wrestling every every week, every weekend. We had the shows at the FTW, um, and with that, we were really starting to gain some confidence, and uh, we. Um, so we were like attire wise. So I'm I'm trying to like f- like my thoughts are scattered. So I'm trying to organize them and prioritize where I should go first. Uh, and I do that a lot because I have ADHD and that's how my brain works. It's like the channels uh, changing every five seconds. Um, so um, we were Mike was wrestling in his little uh, orange trunks. I was wearing an Asics. Uh, high school wrestling singlet from academy sports we didn't match were some high spots kick pads and we were really just kind of coming into our own finally um we looked terrible but we were starting to get more confident and actually having good matches every single weekend wrestling different guys and getting some good experience i talked about previously we worked with easy money and got some stuff made um even though it took forever to get it's a different story uh we we finally got our uh, gear made i had this dope, uh, we, we actually drew it out and designed it, um, dope, like, black singlet with, like, one of the legs had a silver, silver lining, um, cool blue outlined in silver design on one of the legs, name across the back in blue and silver, um, and then Mikey had, uh, biker shorts made that, you know, looked the same, so, we finally started to look cohesive, we got some new kick pads, just, uh, the girl that I was with at the time actually bought me a pair for my birthday, I believe. Super cool, just black high spots kick pads with a white outline. Mikey had his solid blacks, and we finally looked cool. Solid blacks, that's funny. Uh, anyway, so we uh, we we were starting to look good, and um, we got our first as a tag team main event spot at USWO on a Saturday night, and so we were feeling confident and it was just really exciting for us to be in another main event, but like a, a real one where we felt like we knew what we were doing and it was going to be good. And we were wrestling two guys who we had wrestled before, but we had wrestled them separately. Like they were previously a tag team. And I want to preface this by saying both of them, um, as far as Southern wrestling goes, were cool guys. Like we really honestly got along with them and, um, it was just a weird time. So they used to be a tag team and a successful one at that place. And they had wrestled a lot of places. So it was Damian Payne, who was one of LT's better friends. They trained together and he was starting to get into like the hardcore, um, death stuff and taking bookings in, 
in pretty high profile indies and then Josh Crow who honestly was an amazing wrestler and I I, uh, I never really understood why he wasn't getting bookings at higher up places um, and and I don't know so I don't I'm not gonna talk about him I don't really know why um, those are two guys who had a different mentality they a lot of guys you wrestle, whether they're young or older, they really want to stick to the Southern style. And I think that Josh and, and Damian really want, they were very into indie wrestling and they wanted to have that style of match, which catered to us and catered to them. And so it was a good dynamic and they had a lot more experience than us years and years more. And they were very accommodating. They kind of let us do what we wanted to do. And on the same time or same token, they, they gave us a lot of um, things to do. Um, so we had freedom, but then we also had some some direction and, and some support. And so I, I did enjoy wrestling them. And they used to do a thing called Crash and Burn was their tag team name. And uh, they reformed it. And we were like the hot new babyface tag team coming up at this point, And they were um, heels. So they put us in the main event. And it was awesome, man. Really excited. We were comfortable working with them. Um, they gave us a lot of stuff to do. And uh, we went out. And we had a match, and it was <clears throat> one of the first times that nobody was there to tape it. And I don't know if that had something to do with it, but it was very unfortunate because um, it ended up being one of my favorite matches in my memory. I think we had an excellent match. It built fantastic. We played our part as baby faces. They played their parts as heels amazingly. They beat us down. Um, at the beginning of the match... Let me back up. At the beginning of the match, we had a fantastic opening spot with a lot of chain wrestling, um, tag in and out, quick uh, double team maneuvers, and then you know they cut us off, and we had great beat down. The structure of the match was pretty basic, but um, it just went so smoothly. I don't remember any botches or any fuck ups, and uh, the crowd was super super into it like more into it like i felt it this was one of the first times i was feeling it and i could like hear the crowd and listen and had all the elements of a classic match double down hot tags um the the finishing sequence i remember was cool so josh crow always had some cool spots for us to do and called them we did the cool spots they looked fucking great damien um did some cool moves to us and fucked us up a little bit, which is totally fine. He works stiff, but it was good. Like it was okay. It wasn't like taking advantage. It was just, he wanted it to look real and or good. And it did. And, and, and it, you know, it was acceptable. Um, they did some unique stuff. Um, fucked us up on the floor. Like it was cool, man. Um, and then the finishing sequence, I remember it's the first time I tried to do anything like super athletic because uh, I'm not naturally athletic either. That's why I can relate to CM Punk. And uh, this is before I was, you know, doing my like standing shooting star presses and stuff. This is where I learned that I, if I worked hard enough, I could do it. But we did some cool like kicks. And I remember we did a spot towards the end where they, they you know, double team uh, Mikey a couple times, throw him over the top, and then... Um, you know, beat me down a little, shot me in the corner, and they set up for uh, like what the Hardy Boys do, which is the uh poetry in motion, where like one of them's on their knees, the other one runs, jumps off the back, and hits a kick or whatever. So Josh Crow's like chopping me or something in the corner. Crowd's super into it. They're like sympathetic for us. I'm just getting my ass kicked. Uh, Josh gets down on all fours. Damien like goes to the other corner, like he's gonna run and do that i feel like or maybe it got fucked up and josh came and i kicked him and he either way so josh drops down on all fours i run off of his back as damien runs in and does it and i do a tornado ddt like that and i mean it was the first time i did anything like that and it wasn't like perfect but it was cool and i remember the crowd huge pop for it i remember getting like kind of like like goosebumpy like excited after that go for the pin crowd thinks it's over false finish um josh breaks it up mikey comes back in do a couple more things with them. They cut us off again. And then I think we did like a double sunset flip or something very Southern like that uh, for the one, two, three. And we get the win. And like it was the crowd was excited. There was like young girls and guys in the crowd freaking out and chanting, clapping for us. And, you know, they give us the win. And I remember in the back here, the plan, we get the win. 
you know, it's a come from behind, like sneaky win. We're trying to escape the ring. We don't get out in time. They they beat the shit out of us. They get a chair, a couple of chair shots, not to the head, to the back and in the stomach and all that. And then they hit their double team on both of us, which was uh, what the Motor City Machine Guns used to do. Not as a finish, but I think it was called Thunder Express. So, like, Josh would put one of us on his shoulders, like a Canadian backbreaker rack. So, like, a powerbomb position, but, like, over the shoulder. Damien runs by, grabs the head. Josh sits out. Damien does, like, a cutter. Josh, like, sits out with the forward, like, face slam thing. Um, So... That was the plan, and then we were supposed to lay, and we were supposed to get sympathy, and then all the guys would run from the back, all the baby faces, and, and clear them out, and then, like, help us to the back, like, we're beat down, and we get the, the claps or whatever, which would set up uh, a match the following week, and uh, so this is how it went down, so we win, everything's going perfectly, they come, they hit us with chairs, they, they beat the shit out of us after the match, it's all good, we take their finishers, we're down. I think they gave, even gave Mikey, like, a pile driver or something. Either way, um, it's all, we're beat down, we're laying out, the guys come out from the back, and clear, clear them out, they're checking on us, the crowd's clapping, but no one's coming in the ring and, like, pulling us out, and I guess we could have, like, rolled out, but I just remember being confused, and I'm like, okay, no one's coming in here, so I'm kind of, like, you know, selling and and working my way to the corner to kind of sit up a little, and then the the ring announcer, who was very impressed with the match, and I believe Tony was, and so Tony Falk, who was the promoter, you know, would sit out there at like a little desk and like watch it and and maybe even call parts of the match. I don't recall. But the ring announcer comes over and he's impressed, and I I would assume Tony's impressed, and they're like, hey, like give it up for these guys, and we get a standing ovation from that crowd. And yes, I understand there's like 35, 40 people there, but it was fucking awesome uh, to me, and even in my memory, it was great. Uh, he kind of helps us up, holds our hands up, and then he goes, what do you have to say? And he hands Mikey the microphone. So, like, I mean, the fuck? Call an audible. What the fuck are we going to do? So Mikey cuts a promo, which he always loved to do. And, it's you know, he's selling the whole time, holding his back, holding his head, you know, saying thank you to the fans. And, like, you know, Damien Payne, Josh Crow, like, we beat them. We can do it again. Let's do it again next week. You think you can, you know, beat us down after the match? Like, we're not going to let that happen. The handed, he hands the mic over to me, and I pretty much am like, yeah, fuck you, without saying that, you know? And I'm like, you know, we were called Next Wave, and I was like, we are the Next Wave for a reason. Um, we're here to take your spot, and, you know, whatever. Get another standing ovation. And then people were coming into the ring, like, not the workers, like, the the crowd, and, like, taking pictures with us. And I remember a girl slipped her number into Mikey's tights, and, like, you know, uh, it was just cool. And I was like, damn, we're, like, I felt like a real, like a like a Tennessee celebrity, and uh, it was all cool, man, and then I remember just thinking it was all good, and we go to the back, and normally what happens after a match, especially when you're young, is you go to the back, the guy you wrestle, whether it was good or bad, is like, hey, this is, like, it's just immediate feedback, which is good, depending on who you wrestled, because a lot of guys that you wrestled would, you know, be like, you fucking suck, like, you fucked this up, and fucked this up, or whatever, and you know, I think more often than not, it's bad rather than good because that's just the mentality and it's okay. But I remember going to the back and being pumped. I'm like, we're going to get fucking high fives. Like everyone, that, that was so good. So we go to the back and it's just complete silence. And I remember being really confused. So we go and we sit and <laughs> never, I'll never forget this shit. So a couple of the older guys in the back were pissed because they they heard what the plan was before the match and they in their words we went into business for ourselves we didn't sell Damien and Josh beating us down and we made them look weak because we got back up and talked about it we didn't stick to the script and we we cut a promo and try to put ourselves over versus like selling for them in hindsight I can totally see, like, Josh and Damien being like, hey, man, like, we beat you down, we hit you guys with our finish, and, like, you kind of, like, didn't, like, we didn't no-sell it, but it was just, that wasn't the plan, and it, you know, totally, and I can see that, and essentially, that's kind of what they did, 
um, instead of saying good match to us, and I think, and, and don't get me wrong, man, because I did like both of those guys a lot, um, Josh didn't say much because I don't think Josh necessarily felt that strongly about it, but all of the vets, even though he, I would consider him a vet too, um, in, in the locker room had a problem with it and they really made it known. And so I think he just, I, that's just how it is, man. It's, I don't take it personally. It's cool. Like he went along with it. He just didn't really say much. Damien did say a few things to us like that. Like, Hey, like what the fuck? You didn't fucking follow what we said. And like the, fu- and, and I, it really hurt my feelings because I was like, that was good, man. Like, like that was a great match. Like who gives a fuck what happened afterwards? Like just say, Hey man, great match. But like what happened at the end? I don't know. You know, even looking back, like as an adult, like I was 20 at the time, but like, or 19 even, but as an adult, it's like, yo, I don't know. Anyway, wrestling's fucking weird, man. Adults don't do it. So that's probably why, but really bummed me out. Um, and they said that. And then I remember motherfuckers sitting in the corner doing their fucking cocaine and all their other bullshit that they did. And just like, like, oh, you fucking you, you know, you greenhorns going into business for yourselves, like, you fucking think that that's cool or whatever, and you just shit on, I mean, just being such pieces of shit, and looking back now, I would fucking, I'd be like, all right, you old motherfucker, let's go, bro, like, (laughs) you know, but at the time, I'm like 20 years old, and just like, felt really like, I was upset, and like, we were comfortable enough in the locker room that we didn't just like sit and take it, like, I, I was like, yo, so what would you like me to do when we're selling, no one comes in the ring, to to pull us out like like the plan was and then someone just fucking hands us a microphone like what the fuck do you want us to do and uh you know they just it doesn't matter what you say you're just a young kid and we're athletic had a better match than everyone on the card and people don't fucking like that and it's fine so they talk shit they talk josh and damien into feeling like we fucked them over or whatever and i it's fine again i don't hold anything against them i think they were they're cool guys um, and it just, honestly, Mike and I looked at each other and I was like, fuck this. I don't want to fucking do this anymore. Like, this is the first time I felt like happy, like fully happy with my work and my performance. And these motherfuckers are fucking pieces of shit, dude. Like that, that ruins it. And, you know, I think hindsight, that's what they wanted. And, um, and luckily we didn't like stop, but that was absolutely one of the contributing factors in us really second guessing if we wanted to do this um it's just backstage bullshit politicking fucking dumb shit like that if you can tell i'm still bitter about it but like recalling the emotions man i was just so bummed and to his credit tony the promoter heard that people were talking shit to us i mean it was a good i mean that's all they did they were just talking shit and basically berating us like multiple people for 20 minutes as we're getting dressed and uh Tony walks to the back, opens the door uh, of the locker room, and he's like, hey, everyone, and this is to Tony's credit, and this actually to this day still means a lot to me. He's a good fucking person, man. Um, Wrestling's a crazy, like, business hobby thing, and, like, those dudes are so, like, grungy and can be so shitty, and he was so, he was just such a big fan of ours, um, which I, I really do appreciate. It means a lot still. And I think, like, LT, too, his son, was our biggest supporter so you know that's what kept us there but um anyway tony came in and he's like hey like there you know nobody went into i am paraphrasing but nobody went into business for themselves i think the audible that was called and them cutting the promo at the end was better for business not just for them that was a better way to close out the show i think that was the right thing to do like basically told everyone to shut the fuck up um and yeah, he gave us the mic. He said, I told them to, like, I gave the microphone to the announcer. I think it was Gordon. Um, and so, you know, basically fuck off. And so that made me very, very happy. And as a normal human being listening to this, what do you think happened? Did you think the guy said, okay, cool. Uh, sorry, guys. No. Everyone sat there in fucking silence and didn't say a word. Um... And so what we did, we finished getting dressed, we walked out, and customary in a locker room, you say bye to everyone, you shake their hand or whatever, didn't say shit to anyone at all, walked out, let all those guys sit in there and talk shit about us or whatever, and uh, we fuck, we just left, we went home, um, and we were both so pissed off, 
Like I wasn't even, I was sad, but I was just pissed. I was like, fuck that. Fuck wrestling there. I'm never wrestling there again. Like, you know, just through kind of a 20 year old fit. And I know a lot of guys go through this and they stick with it. And sometimes they get a bad rap or whatever. And I get it. Uh, <laughs> because it's shit like that. That was like an unintentional, like not even a big deal. Uh, and he just kind of gets shit on and then word spreads. Luckily, this was out of nothing promotion. So it's not, you know, small time show. And it's not like word's going to spread. And none of those guys really did anything, you know, except for Damien, who went on. And I don't think he held any sort of grudge or, or shit talked us or anything like that. Um, but that actually ended up, I'm pretty sure, being the last time that we wrestled them. Um, we may have wrestled Josh again like later on, but we, we actually stopped wrestling there after that uh, for, you know, at least for a while. Um, I was like, I'm not, I'm just gonna, you know, it sucks. Let's try to find a booking that's once a week, but if not, fuck it. Like I, I'm just gonna do, you know, the FTW shows that we were at once a month. And then eventually PPW came and like the booking started coming after that and it was fine, but it was a really hard thing, man. And it, don't get me wrong. This wasn't just like a one experience. I think even if it was, we would still be pretty bitter about it. Um, but really like it was just the culmination I I talked about it before from day one we just got shit on um and and a lot of people did but we didn't conform to what they wanted us to do ever and that was just a problem um and I think in comparison to a lot of the guys there we were athletic and a lot of guys weren't um we people liked us a lot of guys didn't uh and you know we had our supporters like I said Josh and um there was a, there's a few guys, there's a guy named uh, Shane Eden who wrestled there who was super fucking cool and always like supported us when guys came through. Like I talked about, um, kid cash, like he was super cool. Um, but there were just the handful of guys, especially the older guys who just thought we sucked. Let us know all the time. Shit talked us. Um, and then, you know, there were guys though, like what kept us is, is, is the guys that were awesome, like LT and Josh and, and all those guys. But People started liking us in the locker room, just getting to know us and and appreciating our work and helping us. And we started wrestling older guys. And some of the older guys took kind of, you know, they took it a little too far. They would say things like, I'm taking you under my wing, kids. Like, I'm going to get you to where I am. And it's like, well, you're here in fucking the same place that I am. So don't want that. (laughs) Um, But it was still like the point was nice. I appreciated it. And that's what kind of kept us there. But just looking back at all the bullshit and the shit talking and honestly the bullying and all the dumb shit that happened, and there were a lot of guys that got bullied, um, because that's just how it is. It's it's a it's a fraternity. Um, but that was one of those things like that really fucking uh, made me hate wrestling. Uh, made me hate doing it. I was like, so I'm gonna go out there, and I'm gonna like wear myself out and try to put on the best possible performance, make whoever I'm wrestling look amazing, try to make myself look great, get the crowd invested, make them feel like they got their money's worth, put on an amazing show, and we're going to go back and get shit on because it made us look better than we were supposed to, essentially. Um, yeah, fuck that, man. That was that was a huge bummer. And uh, that's one of those things when I look back on how, why it was easy for me to stop wrestling, and that was one of those times. I just... I still to this day, as you can tell, like I'm passionate about that. I think that that sucks. And I think Southern wrestling is just, and, and maybe I'm being oversensitive, but I don't know. It really, it really sucked, man. That was, that was, that was really, it was really tough. Um, to be fair, um, other places we wrestled, we had a really good experience. So like coming into PPW, I think I mentioned this, but Mike Promo and Toby and Caleb and all those guys that wrestled there, um, they really like hyped us up. And even if they didn't hype us up as like wrestlers, because I don't think we were the best wrestlers, but we definitely had great characters and we were like fun to be around. We got really, really hyped up as uh, like just as people. And so we kind of just got this weird like instant respect. And that's one of those contributing factors for PPW and why we kind of had a high, you know, were high profile and, and got a lot of opportunity there. Um, and guys thought we were great and everyone there was super complimentary and nice. And 
that sort of reignited some passion. Um, and you know, that's why we stuck there, um, for a while. And then I remember eventually LT asked us to come back. Um, and you know, LT, one of those guys, man, I just really, he had our back as much as he could. He's definitely a carny in every sense of the word, but he's a cool guy. And so he had his back and, you know, we wrestled, we did a little something with a couple guys. I can't, I, we were never healed there. We were still babyface. just had mid mid card, you know, middle of the show match. Um, cause the next week we were actually supposed to wrestle Josh and, uh, Damien again. And I think that we made the wrong decision, but in my heart, it was the right decision at the time, um, where we just told LT we're not doing it anymore. And we were advertised for that rematch and, uh, sure that didn't make us look great either, but we didn't come and, you know, I probably would have looking back and just sucked it up and at least just finished out the, the game plan. We were going to have like three matches. Um, that was just the first one and but whatever that was kind of it and then i think josh had some personal stuff going on and so he left and then um damien kind of rebranded himself and he still wrestles to this day and and is doing deathmatch stuff um with some bigger companies and so he kind of faded from there and so when we came back, they weren't there and it was kind of a lot of the older guys, some of them are still there and you know, you go and you go, Hey, what's up, man? And shake their hand. Um, whatever, like just who gives a fuck. And at this point we were getting a little bit cocky because of our Holostar character that we're getting popular elsewhere. And so we were kind of just like, fuck these guys, man, who cares? Um, but we wrestled a couple dudes who were, who were great dudes. I'm sure they still wrestle also, uh, had an okay match. Um, and then that was kind of it. And that was sort of our swan song for USWO, which is kind of sad. Uh, that's where we got our start, where we got trained, and, and it just it ended very poorly. Um, but it just wasn't worth it to go there. Um, we had an okay experience. It was cool to see LT. Um, and LT, honestly, he's one of those guys. He kept in touch with me after I, after I stopped wrestling and moved back home to California. Like... It's just really cool. Um, and then Josh Crow is another one of those. He really, I don't know. I To me, I feel like he, you know, he was great. He sh- should have wrestled somewhere or should be wrestling somewhere. I don't know what the deal is with him. Um, a story comes to mind, though, that's kind of funny with, with Josh. Uh, he was a really good heel, and he was naturally really, really cocky, which is fine. Like, he was always really awesome to us. He was hilarious, let us do our shit. Um, he's definitely cocky, really confident in his, his ability and himself played a really great heel and people in that crowd believed wrestling was real. A lot of them. And so they hated the bad guys and loved the good guys. And occasionally there was fans that would try to fight the, the, the bad guys. And you know, you obviously you egg them on, you talk shit and then the ref gets in the middle and, and it's done. Well, there was one night, um, Josh had a match and then he comes back and we were on right after him. I remember as he was coming back, he's like, Oh, I almost got into it with that fan. Like he had an accident. So we talked like this, but you know, I got into that motherfucker. Like he, you know, he came at me and like, if he puts his fucking hands on me, it's not a show anymore. I'm going to fuck him up, you know? And, uh, Josh was a pretty big dude. So, uh, I was like, all right, cool, man. Like that's, that's funny. We go out, we do our match. Couldn't tell you what the fuck the match was or whatever. And then we come back and Josh isn't there. And then I hear a commotion and I, <laughs> I walk out and like, I just see this big group of people. And then Josh has this big fat guy, like kind of by the head and fat guys on the ground. And then people pull him apart and Josh walks back. And he's got blood all over his shirt. His nose is bleeding. Other guy's nose is, is bleeding. And so basically the fan caught up to him and saw him and talked shit to him. And Josh went out there and literally beat the shit out of this guy right in front of that stinky hotel. Like, I mean, it was like punching him in the face and like someone bit someone. I, I don't know if that guy, yeah, I think that guy bit him. I think Josh like broke his nose, uh, broke that, that kid's nose. It was an, it was a kid. It was a, it was a guy, a giant fat guy broke his nose and the guy fell into him and Josh was just beating his ass. And the guy like bit onto Josh's like chest or something. He had like really deep bite marks and probably should have gone to the hospital probably had like rabies or diabetes now or something. Um, but 
that's a really funny story. That's the type of guy that he was. Um, and I remember he he felt pretty tough after that, and he looked like it. He was all pumped up, and you know, everyone in the locker room was like, "Oh, you fucked that guy up," and just funny stories. Uh, a lot of weird shit happened at that hotel, that stadium in man. Just like I remember one night we were just in the lobby, and like that's kind of where fans were too, so they could see you and they'd come say hey or whatever. But we walked out and there was just like this really weird skinny guy from the crowd that had been. They were trying to do this character with this this guy is like this big jacked dude who wasn't like cut, like defined, but he was just like stocky. And he had this mask, and he looked like a dominatrix, honestly. But I don't know. He was like the enforcer or something, and he was doing some stupid southern shit in a match. And some guy in the crowd like hit him with something, or I don't remember. But I remember the they were in the lobby, and like the little skinny guy <laughs> was like, I was trying to film it with my phone, and I couldn't get it. I just remember being so like it was so confusing. This little skinny southern guy who obviously had mental disabilities was like running at the guy in the mask in the lobby and the guy in the mask would like grab him by the the shirt and then like slam him against the wall and he had something in his hand and he would just like smack him in the arms and legs with this fucking like stick or paddle or something and then like start walking away completely in character and then the little skinny guy would run up at him again and the process would repeat he'd slam him in the wall hit him with the and this went on for like 10 minutes and it was like almost like fake. Like I felt like I had someone drugged something and like, I don't know what the fuck was going on. That's such a funny memory to me. It was such a weird, like alternate reality thing to happen, but that's kind of just how that place was, man. It fucking smelled terrible. There were hookers everywhere. There were drugs everywhere. There were pimps everywhere. Fucking just really real scummy people, um, in the crowd and just in the lobby and staying in the rooms and you know, it was, you saw some crazy shit there all the time. Um, and speaking of channels changing, I, at the stadium in, when I talk about like drugs or being drugged, LT, our trainer, um, Tony's son had this weird thing where he always felt like people were trying to drug him. And I think like in wrestling that happens when you're younger, like people like put shit in your open beverages because they think it's funny it's a very like old-timey wrestling thing to do but wrestling in the south is like wrestling in the 70s like it doesn't it never catches up with the times um but he would like every time he'd open a water he'd have to put it up to his ear and hear like the click of the the cap coming off and uh so it just it was a funny thing we'd always laugh because he'd always be putting water bottles up to his ear and just like twisting the cap and i don't know it was just a funny thing to to witness all the time uh and then um there was when we drove to memphis listen so we were both dating mike and i were both dating girls at the time and we're not dating them anymore because they're horrible people and it's not like a dig because we aren't with them anymore like they were literally just like crazy people and they were both, they both, you know, that's, we just happened to have the same taste at the time. And, uh, so it's like me and Mikey in the front seat and then our two girlfriends and LT in the middle in the back seat. And this motherfucker's talking about like having them do mud wrestling matches and like just being so gross, but it's like really funny. And like, even at the time it was hilarious. Uh, and then <laughs> he, uh, I remember we were driving and he's like, Whoa, I think somebody drugged me. <laughs> like just be like, it's just the funniest memory. And I think like Mikey and I are probably the only ones on earth. I think that that's funny, but that shit was so funny, dude. Like he was a character man. Uh, and he still wrestles to this day. And like, he's on He's not a bad wrestler at all. I just think he gets stuck in that, that Southern Tennessee, like just comfortability. And it's kind of a bummer. Um, I think he could travel and, and if he got his shit together and, and he was good, man, he could, he could really be good somewhere. Yep. LaCroix still. Uh, so I think, I think that'll do it for this week. Uh, next week is going to be episode 10 end of the season. Not that that means anything again. I just want to do it. Um, I don't know where I'll keep it. I think we kind of ended the USWO chapter. I don't think there was much else there that really is, I wouldn't, I guess, worth talking about. Like, we had a bunch of matches there, obviously. Um, but it was, like, they were just matches. Like, there was nothing special about them. Um, I mean, I guess there was one night where the where the rope broke, and we had to wrestle a match without a rope. But, like, it, 
it's not really like anything crazy. Um, I think I told all the stories that are meaningful from there, um, which is funny because I think like we got trained there. And so you would think I'd have more history there, but we really don't. Um, that's just kind of where we got our start. And I kind of talked about all of the important parts. And yes, there were hundreds, probably not hundreds, but you know, 30, 40, 50 other matches that happened there with us that were fine, but nothing really to speak of other than the stuff I've talked about. So I think that's kind of it for USWO. Um, and we'll stick with kind of the later stuff now, man. Um, maybe I'll, I talked about PPW and maybe we'll start getting into Nashville pro the first time we got contacted by a company that had some money behind it. Um, maybe that's how we'll end the season next week. I think that that's a great idea. Um, so, you know, stay tuned for next week. I appreciate the listens. Go on Twitter, follow me at spandex pod. Um, like my stuff, you know, leave me a five-star review. If you listen, uh, I think, I mean, I have a good time. I'm also open to feedback. If this show fucking sucks and you listen to it because you like wrestling or you're interested in it, um, let me know why and I'll, I'll figure some shit out, man. I'm certainly open to feedback and I am also self-aware. Um, I know that I like to hear myself talk, but not everyone will. So if you have suggestions, please let me know. Um, I think that's pretty much going to do it. I'm going to finish off this LaCroix. Um, and, uh, other than that, guys. This has been Spandex Pod. That's not how I go. I go, thank you for listening to Spandex Pod. This has been me. But I want to come up with something that sucks, but I just said it one time and I just keep saying it. I want something to do with it so it's like Spandex Spandex Planet. I called it Spandex Pod. What a fucking idiot, dude. Uh, so Spandex Planet. Uh, I want to come up with like the moon thanks uh space thanks for traveling to to the spandex planet this has been your captain uh stay in orbit (laughs) uh i don't know man i'll think of some space shit uh in galaxies far far away you thank you for traveling to a galaxy far, far away on the spandex planet. This has been your Captain Zenu. See you on the next moon. That was fucking awful, and I'll never say that again. But anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, talk to you next week. <laughs>